Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, and night. My name is Greg, I am 19 years old and a community college, and you are now listening to Greg Talks. So, today uh, we have a lot of things to discuss, because a lot of stuff happened over this past week. And the first thing we're going to talk about is something that happened today, and that is the release of Blender 2.8. Some of you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, so allow me to elaborate. So Blender essentially is a 3D computer software that you can download for free off of blender.org. And essentially you can do things like modeling, sculpting, game development, uh, 2D animation, and a plethora of like other things that you can use the platform for. And recently they just got a huge interface update which is now called blender 2.8 now my journey with blender started back when i was in high school specifically in my junior year of high school where i was kind of like really getting into like drawing a little bit more and i kind of started to become infatuated with um engineering more so but animation at the same time because you know, me being a huge anime fan and cartoon fan, of course, I was going to be interested in programs that had a lot to do with those two things. So uh, I found Blender one day by accident because I was just kind of searching online for a free program to use. And of course, since Adobe like cost a lot of money and Adobe wasn't like a 3D program, but it was essentially still used for animation. But So I scrapped that though, and then I found Blender and said, oh, it's free. And what surprised me is that you could do all of these things with it though that you wouldn't think would be free because like most of the programs like Poser and Maya, which still to this day are super expensive at that time, were incredibly expensive. Um, Some of you, you know, from one of my my previous episodes, um, you know, heard me talk about Ruby And that show wouldn't look as good as it does now had it not been for, you know, uh, the Maya engine. And even before then, it still was pretty decent. I mean, albeit cheap, but still decent animation with the Poser program. But each of those programs cost hundreds of dollars. So Blender was like a nice change of pace. So when I got to downloading uh, Blender, like I started teaching myself all these tutorials, like after school and learning how to do all these different basic techniques for modeling and creating shapes and things like that. And I was like on it for like hours and hours on end because I was like fully dedicated to learning it. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't keep this up. And after I graduated high school, I hadn't been on Blender at that point for about over a year and then of course i went off to college shortly after that and uh i didn't end up using it again until i got to uh college and you know it but it was like for a class so i wasn't really on it like that anymore um and now getting fast forwarding to now um i hadn't been using it for at least two to three years at this point so it was nice to kind of go back to it and then i found that oh should they were updating it and so I re-downloaded it, um, currently the version 2.79, and then I started kind of re-acclimating myself to the interface and learning how to use it. And uh, then it was just a wait from then on there for 2.8 to come out. 
And it was grueling because in, this program has been in development for like a long time, um, but it's here now and it comes with a lot of great features. Specifically, uh, like I mentioned before, the sculpting and the modeling feature for 2.8 is one of the things that kind of stands out about it. Um, they also have a new rendering engine called Eevee on there, which essentially allows you to, when you're creating an object in the program, when you render it, you can actually, it looks more like the object that you're creating, basically, because before the render engine was pretty cheap, and it was also very slow, and it took like forever, and even when it came out, it didn't exactly come out like the way you wanted it to look. So I'm on their web website now, so I'm just going to kind of tell you some more details about the uh, the uh, uh, Blender 2.8. So the Cycles Render Engine uh, is a built-in, powerful, unbiased path tracer engine that offers stunning, ultra-realistic rendering, uh, which means it gives you a real-time viewport preview, uh, CPU and GPU CPU and GPU rendering, which stands for Computer Processing Unit, and uh, I forget what um, GPU, I think it's Graphics Processing Unit, uh, PBR shaders and HDR lighting support, as well as virtual reality rendering support. Uh, going on to modeling, sculpting, and UV, uh, Blender's comprehensive array of modeling tools make creating, transforming, and editing your models a breeze, uh, giving you full N-G-O-N support, edge, slide, inset, grid, bridge fill, and more, advanced sculpting tools and brushes, multi-resolution and dynamic subdivision, 3D painting with textured brushes and masking, Python scripting for custom tools and add-ons, and so on. Uh, now getting to the V, the effects, VFX. Um, now it has auto and manual tracking, more powerful camera reconstruction, real-time preview of your tracked footage and 3D scenes, support for planar tracking and tripod solvers, uh, animation and rigging, uh, now giving you envelope, well, it had this before, but upgrades. Essentially all of what I'm saying are essentially upgrades to what it had before in the previous versions with a few extra things added on. Uh, getting back to animation, so it gives you Envelope, skeleton, and automatic skinning, B spline, interpolated bones, curve editor, and dope sheets, custom bone shapes for fast input, and sound synchronization. Um, a cool thing that I will be definitely using is the new uh, story art drawing 2D and 3D mode that the program has now, where you can combine 2D with 3D right in the viewport, full animation support with onion skinning layers and colors for stroke and fill as well as sculpt, brush strokes, and parent to 3D objects. And uh, then it just goes into like some UI uh, updates and things like that. But uh, overall, um, if you guys are into any of the things that I mentioned, I would definitely download it off of blender.org. Like I said before, it is totally free. Also, everything that I'm saying is unsponsored. I just really like using the program, and I want other people to know about it because I think it will be more commonly used, especially in industries regarding, you know, engineering, animation, the medical field, I think it, it will be used more. So and that's all I got to say on that topic. Uh, going on to something that I've been doing, which is related to Blender, um, portrait studies. So 
I have come to the realization that after looking at my art, um, see, I kind of get into this rut to where every time I start kind of doing studies, I get complacent and think that I've gotten better when it comes to drawing. And then I start going and trying to do my own style and it ends up just kind of progressively getting worse and worse and worse because I didn't stay with my studies long enough to actually have them migrate and smoothly transition into a style of my own. Instead, I'm kind of, I'm not like forcing it as much as I used to, but it definitely seems to be more forced than it would have been if I just would have kept practicing and just getting better at one specific thing. Um, so I've gone back to doing studies again. And this is actually good advice for anybody that's kind of struggling with their art. Um, studies will always help you no matter what. It's gr it's hard work, but over time you will get better, uh, especially if you already have a knack for, you know, drawing in general. So, uh, yeah, I started doing portrait studies. And basically what I do for that is I go online and I just kind of find certain models, faces, and then I just kind of start sketching them out. Um, I don't trace nothing against tracing but um i'm trying to train my eye so i just use it as a reference material and then what i do is i measure out certain planes of the face and i learned this from a method called the andrew loomis method which is a book um that's also the author's name um, and his method essentially breaks the face down into different planes and circles and what he does is he adds different light values to it to kind of give you the realistic face structure. My goal with this is to get like good to the point where I can like, you know, create the face. I'm not trying to like be a realistic drawer. Um, not to say that I can't do realistic drawings, but that's not my overall goal. My overall goal is to like create like um, a web comic of some sort or get to the point where I can kind of do that kind of art because to me, a realistic art is cool, but um, it's kind of boring to me because I don't. I think there's a limit to what you can do with re re realistic art, whereas like art that's kind of more cartoonish and fictional. You know, the world is your oyster, and you can do whatever you want with it. However, you still need to know enough of realistic studies in order to effectively do that. So that's why I'm, you know, doing portrait studies and things like that. Um, I did actually get a new art book recently. Um, as you guys know, I am a big fan of anime and manga, but two of my favorite manga artists are Atsushi Okubo, which is, uh, who is the creator of Soul Eater, and Masashi Kishimoto, who is probably more familiar to any of you that know the story of Naruto. Um, specifically, um, I got the... Masashi Kishimoto's first art book, which kind of has all the old, younger Naruto-like artwork. You know, the stuff like with Team 7 and Kakashi, um, the first couple of arcs, specifically like the tuning. It goes up to about the tuning exams, but it's like right at the beginning of the tuning exams. It doesn't really go further into it. Shows a few of the, the, nine, uh, the nine original characters, along with Naruto, Sasuke, and... Uh, Sakura. So I've been looking in that book. I'm going to be using that book to kind of heavily influence my um, artistic progression. It's just mainly going to be there as a reference material, like I said, because I, I'm not copying styles. I just kind of take a lot of cues 
from those two artists because I definitely am a, a big fan. I would say more so um, Atsushi Okubo in terms of versatility, um, but in terms of just overall manga art style, I think between Naruto and Atsushi, I think Naruto more consistent um, art style, whereas like Atsushi Okubo, his, his art style is more consistent, but it's definitely he switches it up in certain occasions though to accentuate more character expression, and that's where Atsushi kind of uh shines at when it comes to showcasing expression and he's also just as good at showcasing personality at that whereas kishimoto he's just good in terms of designing costumes period and uh that's really about it i mean they're about the same in terms of landscape environment perspective they do all that pretty equally well in my opinion i say masashi kishimoto is better in doing action uh shots but I can't even really say that because Atsushi does that pretty well as well. Um, even in the new manga he's creating right now, F Fire Force, and I'm going to get the art book to that too because it's the same artist. Um, he There's a lot more emphasis on action in that show. And he does a way better job than he did in Soul Eater with showcasing like um, character abilities and things like that in certain scenes with perspective shots. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be taken out of those two books. I'll eventually get more art books because, you know, there are actually some cartoon artists that I want to get. Um, uh, specifically, like, uh, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't know. Like, I don't know. There, there are cartoon cartoonists that I like. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I definitely dig the Steven Universe uh yeah, the Steven Universe art style, and the Gravity Falls art style, uh, Kim Possible, uh, shoot, what else, uh, Ben 10 is a pretty cool one, uh, Symbiotic Titans, Samurai Jack, interesting art, Boondocks, um, interesting art style there though, but I don't know if Boon like those shows have an art book, some of them do, but I'm gonna have to go and search for them, but anyway, that's kind of like what I'm gonna be doing, like, hobby wise and improving like my, my art study skills uh now moving on to uh the next thing uh chance the rapper just released his new album the big day and my thoughts on it are very it's like an okay album and it's not what i initially expected because my relationship with uh, Chance's music, like his music is always kind of given, it's always like kind of put me in a positive mood kind of thing though. But it's always kind of like it, it has like a deepness to it though. that makes me think despite it being positive. And um, I got this from this album, but it just didn't really have that oomph kind of thing that coloring book had or acid rap or even um, 10 day, which was, kind of like his little EP in between Acid Rap and Coloring Book, um, there's not really a lot of depth to the big day. Like, it's just kind of very one-sided about him talking mainly about his new marriage, which there's nothing wrong with that. However, like, because he doesn't go on to any other subject material or go any deeper into his current lifestyle, the album definitely gets really boring really fast and... Usually, I'm the type of person where, like, if I hear 
like a song that's not about anything, I'm very much inclined to skip it after a few seconds of hearing it, especially if I if the chorus is something kind of dumb or not if the chorus is dumb, but if the song just is pretty bare bones and it's not really about or if the production's pretty like one note um then I'll just like skip it and I was skipping around a heck ton in the album like as soon as like I think the first song I definitely liked and Eternal which is my favorite off the album because it reminds me of like old school two-step R&B music uh but the rest of the album is just kind of hit or miss like there was at least maybe two to three to maybe four or five songs that were decent on there and the rest of it and the out like I mean, like, it's so annoying that the album is 22 songs long. I mean, it didn't need to be that long, Chance. Like, you could have shortened it and had just those good, decent songs, and it would have been, like, a way better album had he done that. But he didn't, and I think due to that, it was too bloated. Like, I think he had songs that shouldn't have been on there that didn't have anything to do with, with the narrative of what he was trying to talk about and the songs didn't add anything. I think they were just there for the sake of them being fillers is what I like to call them party music, essentially just for the sake of it being party music. And I don't like that because like he, like his mixtapes sound more like albums than this album. And this is his debut. So that's why it's a little bit of a letdown. Not to say it's bad, but it's definitely a disappointment compared to all his other work and some of the collabs he's done. Does this album does not hold up whatsoever to Acid Rap? Definitely not the coloring book, and it sure doesn't hold up to Ten Day or anything else he's done for that matter, though. So hopefully, like he kind of like narrows has a better idea what he wants his next album to be though because i don't think this one this one is like doing him justice as an artist i think it's definitely under it definitely underplays his abilities in the song and also there's um i know some people have told me that they don't like chance because he has like an annoying he his his voice can kind of get annoying sometimes uh, for me, that wasn't a, as much of an issue because I've kind of gotten used to the way he sounds on songs, but certain songs really are a bit grating uh, to the ear because he kind of like his voice kind of peaks and because Chance's pitchy when he sings doesn't sound too great um, when he does try to do that. So that's really all the thoughts I have on that. Um, I gave it like a seven out of 10. Good, but could have been way better. Um, and yeah, that's all I had to kind of talk about on that. Uh, as far as, um, what I wanted to get into next was like my posting on YouTube. So I haven't actually posted on YouTube for a couple of reasons. And the main reason was the main reason is because I was trying to find a way to make the videos more like visually pleasing to the eye and because like for 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 episodes one through nine of my podcast what i was basically doing was i was just putting up a plain picture there and then you just hear audio with no music in the background or anything to kind of give it any type of um interesting things to look at in the video so 
I have been trying to find like a way to kind of animate something or have something there to where you're you're able to look at some type of animation of some sort to where you're not bored at staring at just a picture, especially if the picture is just like a black screen for the most part with just one visual in the middle. You know, that's nobody wants to see that or watch that for very long because it's going to get boring. Uh, of course, like it is a podcast, so really it isn't meant for you to see anything, but because YouTube is a visual platform and it's a visual medium that is on that platform, people expect to see something when they come to people's channels. And so I have to find something that's going to like, you know, entice you to stay to look at it. Otherwise, you're not even going to care about what I do have to say. So I am going to eventually upload all the episodes that I, you know, haven't to YouTube at a certain point. I just don't know when that's going to be, though. Um, also, like, another reason is because, like, it's taken me so long to do an animation thing is because when I was making YouTube videos, like, way back, I was using Adobe. And, yeah, those videos were kind of trash, in my opinion. I mean, I know a lot of people love the Kill a Kill one. But I think that's only because Kill a Kill is super popular, and that was the first video posted, so of course it's going to get the most views. Um, I'm still proud of that work, though, because I did put a lot of hours of editing time into it, though, but it was just a very, very straining um, to do that. And I decided, like, if I am going to do that content, I'm just going to post that kind of content on Patreon, because hours and hours of editing to not get, like, a lot of attention... Or to not have people really care about it, though, is kind of pointless to be putting that stuff on YouTube. So, I have had a Patreon for a minute now. Like I said, if you guys are interested in seeing that kind of exclusive content, like deep discussions about certain things that you guys like, um, that I'm willing to take the time to make, then uh, you're going to have to subscribe to my Patreon, which is why like I've advertised it in most of my episodes for a long time now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the plan for like me posting certain content on uh, YouTube. Um, I know some of you have been waiting a long time. Like, where's where's the other episodes? You've, you're on. I'm on episode 18 though, and there isn't like you stopped at nine. Like, where's episode 10 through 10 through 17 on there? And like I said, I just haven't had time to create um, YouTube videos that would actually be pleasing. Because the thing you got to understand about YouTube is there's like a lot of things that come into play when you post on there. I mean, you got to worry about copyright strikes in general. That's like the first thing. But the other thing is, is retention rates and like subscribers, though. But not even subscribers, your view count. Like your survival on the platform or at least your fan base on the platform is highly indicative of your ability to keep people's attention and if you can't keep people's attention they're going to leave and then that affects your channel analytics which then in turn affects your subscribers because it doesn't make people want to stay and i've learned this from a multitude of people like <clears throat> the game theorist um and roberto blake um who has successfully kind of got the algorithm down and have taken enough time to study it to where they have a successful strategy to keeping people to watch, you know, and I'm just not on like YouTube like that. You know, I look at, I use YouTube for mainly entertainment purposes though. So I don't like it to be work driven 
especially like if it's something I put a lot of time into though, I just do it, that kind of stuff for, for fun. So, but you will see like stuff on there eventually. Like I think maybe like in the next, when I get to episode 20, then I'll just upload like, you know, each, um, like from episode 10 to 20, I'll probably just put it all up there slowly over time because, you know, I don't want to overclock my computer. Um, but yeah, that's the plan uh, for YouTube going forward. Um, also, if you want to subscribe, um, you can sub just type in G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z in the YouTube search bar. My channel will pop up. And just press the subscribe button to kind of get updated on when the episodes get posted to my channel. As far as Patreon goes, same thing. Just um, type in the link in your URL box. G-R... Oh, sorry. Type P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z. And that'll take you to my Patreon page uh, where you can either subscribe to be a $1 a month uh, tier person or a $5 a month tier person, which will just go towards me uh, making more visually and entertaining content, though. That'll just be exclusively for the Patreon viewers. Um, and also, like things like merch and things like that will also be exclusive to that two just because you know i want that solely to be for people who are like really really supporting me though that i want to give to for all their um for all of their appreciation and dedication towards listening and also giving me money to make things you know um but yeah that's all i got to say on that uh also i did go to the mopop festival which is a festival um that's held in michigan specifically in D detroit every year and it has like a lot of pop uh folk hip-hop and rock artists that come out uh, like i said it's an annual event there's like it's more so geared towards adults but i mean kids are there but it's mainly like an adult thing uh i worked on uh this past saturday at the uh mopop festival so none of you that listen to this probably saw me there maybe you did but i highly doubt it i mean there was quite a lot of people there and i was like in the back of the field um watching people making sure they didn't climb the fence and stuff like that um but it was still fun though i mean jid in my opinion had the best performance uh definitely a big crowd that came out for vampire weekend though so Got to give them props, though, for having such a dedicated fan base here in Detroit because I've listened to their music, but I'm not, like, a longtime fan. So that was kind of cool to see them perform. They performed, like, in for over an hour, so it was pretty good. But for me, Jid was the highlight. Uh, yeah, but anyway, if you're wondering where you can listen to my podcast, uh, you should you should go to um, anchor.fm slash Greg Talks, or you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
iTunes or Spotify by just putting in Greg Talks, which is G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z. And like I said before, I am on YouTube, and I also have a Patreon as well. So with that, I will see you guys next week, or maybe not even next week. Uh, you'll see me guys sometime next during next week. It's probably going to be six to seven days before I post the next episode. But um, yeah, I'll have more stuff to talk about because I always have stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, but I hope you guys are having a good day or a good night wherever you are, and I will see you and talk to you later. Bye.